things that you are believing for will come to pass. Amen? So that's your faith statement for 2023. Amen. So firstly, I'd like to start with a, a story. And most of you may know that I tend to lean towards having a dry sense of humour, which sometimes gets me... Some people don't know if I'm joking or not. And uh, recently I, I was in a chemist. Yes, I still believe in doctors and medications, even though I pray for people to be healed and that. And I was in the chemist recently and I did the script deal. And I said to, I just put it in. And I looked next to me and this guy had the exact same clothes as me. Like he had a black t-shirt, cargo camo pants. And I just looked and I sort of forgot what we were doing there. And I just, I had to say something. And I just said, man, we're twins. And he just, and he was kind of like a tough bikey no offence to bikies, but he's a tough sort of bikey dude. He just looked at me. I think he had a dry sense of humour too. So he just said, no, um, i got a beard. You haven't. And I said, oh, man, give me a chance. I've been growing it for two days. And then um, and he said, yeah, and you got different shoes. I said, oh, man. And then, because um, you know how you say twinsies or what's the other word for it? Um, matchy, matchy. And, but be, be, <laughs> be, be, you don't say it to a bikey. Matchy, matchy. Anyway, so I just said, we're twins. And then, um, and he said, and then in the meantime, I don't know, if he didn't know if I was joking, I don't know if he was joking and vice versa, but I think we both were joking. And in the meantime, a sort of higher up chemist lady kind of leaned over the counter and said, listen, guys, I don't know how this started, okay? But, and she, she was basically telling us to calm our farms. But um, I, and I just said, oh, hey, it's all cool. We're cool. We're just talking. He said, yeah, mate, and, and I'm older than you. He said, um, when were you born? I said, 1875. And he said, <laughs> and um. I'm not awesome, really, but yeah, uh, Botox is awesome. And, and, and he said, I was born in 1971. How old are you? And I said, never ask a woman her age. And I said, peace, everyone. I'll, I'll be back for my school. I'm just joking. It's all good. So anyway, so there's a point to that story. <laughs> the story is, where's the point? And that's how people can see our faith walk, okay? They don't know the full story. The lady behind the counter... She didn't know the full story. And that's how it can be with our faith walk too when people, you know, look upon our journey with God. And my first scripture is uh, Matthew, sorry, the other Matthew, John 20, 29. Yeah, I was just thinking as I was saying it, uh, sorry, June, I didn't get you those notes. Yeah, but June's awesome. Uh, John 20, 29 says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed. So if our prayers are not being answered yet, or you're in a tough situation, and it seems like God isn't helping you, let me tell you, this is what I felt led to say. God is not ghosting you. Okay? So for those of you who don't know what... Let me say it again. God is not ghosting you, okay? For those of you who don't know what that means, uh, it means if you send someone a, a message, whether it's a text message or whatever it is, and you can see that they've read the message but they don't reply. That's called ghosting. So, when, so that's what I felt led to say today is God is not ghosting you, okay? It's, he's, not, he's not into that. But sometimes we can ask God for something that we can't yet receive. You know, I could, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. So it takes faith to receive salvation. It takes faith to receive healing. We're going to pray for people today. I've got a few words of knowledge and God's going to heal people today, amen? Um, it takes faith to receive Anything God asks us to do. Um, I think, like Mel was saying, um, you know that 
God was helping you along your journey. So I know the feeling. <laughs> and it's not faith to like receive something first and then believe. Okay. So today I felt led to share about, if we didn't know already, was how we'd learnt to doubt. Or I called it salvation from doubt, learning to trust again. But, but this is how we learnt to doubt. And it all started in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? He's planning doubt, see? And the, and the, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So plenty more doubt. Oh, we got a timer now. Okay. I got 30 minutes left. Just joking. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Oh, man. This is how we learnt to doubt of this guy. We didn't doubt before this serpent thing, whatever he was, was talking at Eve. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will look like God, knowing good and evil. So it seemed like a good thing. Man, I can know good and evil and be like God, but knowing, having knowledge of evil, not a good thing. God knows about evil, but he doesn't have a working, God hasn't got a working knowledge of evil, which means God knows about evil, but he doesn't have a working knowledge of it. He doesn't participate in it. So doubt's first theft was mankind's position, and that was in the Garden of Eden. Doubting God is a form of satanic pollution. Ooh. That's a good one. If you want to write that, write that word. If you want to write that one down, that's the one to write down. Doubting God is a form of satanic pollution. My first point today, I've just got three points, and then I'm, we're going to pray for people, myself and the ministry team, Pastor Pete and everyone. My first point is doubting people. Um, that's probably what I didn't mention at the start. If I, if this, I had a feeling this message was going to just touch a few people's uh, maybe hit a raw nerve or anything so I just want to let you know that when we preach something up here we get tested on it before during and after like that's um, that's saying you practice what you preach it's a true saying the pastor Pete knows we we get tested on this so, so I'm just letting you know I've lived this out and that's how I know how to teach it amen so my first point is doubting people Most of us have been let down or betrayed or forgotten about at some point. We actually learnt to doubt people. We actually learn to doubt people from past disappointments. And if it happens in the, at the hands of an authority figure, like uh, our parents, it tends to, to affect our trust in everybody, unfortunately. So you, you don't have to be in prison to your own emotions. Okay, I'm, I'm halfway through another book at the moment, called Unlocking Mental Prisons. And that, that's a point I should probably put in that, and I can finish the book. You don't have to be in prison to your own emotions. What you rehearse inside of you determines your emotions. So what you, you know, rehearse over and over in your mind, that determines how you feel. When you relive it, your mind, you can actually think of something and your body relives that, that thing. So don't give doubt access to your mind. Kick it out. We need Trish to do a karate and do a... We should have planned that earlier, Trish. Kick it out. Don't give doubt access to your mind. Kick it out. 
What did you say, Trish? Get Archie to do it. Okay. Notice how fear will bookend your days as well. Bookending meaning, you know, from time you get up, time you go to the bed. So your brain, our brain loves to problem solve. So it will even come up with imaginary problems just so it can work out, you know, worst case scenarios. Uh, yeah, just a bit. Uh, so that, that's why sometimes I, I deliberately, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so I've come to see that all that is fear and doubt and I refuse to allow negative thoughts to separate that from my faith, okay? It's all, it's all just fear and doubt. So it, it's this thing, I won't get into it today, it's called neuroplasticity. It's where you, you're starting to think a thought and it's along an old train of thinking and instead of just letting it go where it used to go to an old pattern similar to what Mel said, you can do what's called neuroplasticity, which means changeable thinking. You can actually change the way you think and think, hang on, no, no, I'm not going to think that way. Like Pastor Pete saying, Paul, we're going to have a staff meeting. I'm like, oh, awesome. Uh, am I getting a raise? And Pastor Pete goes, maybe. <laughs> or, you know, I'll say something like that. So I immediately, deliberately say something funny, but say it a positive thing. I don't say, oh, I'm getting the sack. You know what I mean? Or I'll say something like, oh, it's going to be good news, isn't it? Pastor Pete he goes, well, maybe. <laughs> anyway. So we won't allow um, negative thoughts to separate us from our faith. And my next scripture is Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So a, a thing that the Lord taught me years ago was we can transform our worried or negative thoughts about people into prayers of intercession. So, you know, sometimes the enemy can put a thought in our mind about one person, or maybe more than one person, but... I don't know if you've ever noticed that, that you just have that one person in your mind, whoever it is, a relative, hi, whoever's watching, you know. But um, you, you just have one person on your mind and instead of just letting that get to you, one of the things the Lord showed me once was that you can actually just turn that around and just turn that into a prayer of intercession because they're already on your mind. So just say, Lord, yeah, Lord, that person I'm thinking of now, you just bless them and just help them out, Lord, and make them stop acting so crazy or whatever they're doing, you know. Just, yeah, just being transparent. So, and this will turn the tables on what the enemy's trying to do to try to divide us from people. Remember, we're talking about doubting people. So, I have a, a story about when I was in high school, and I remember some of my mates used to come up to me sarcastically, and they used to, and when your mates say it to you, you believe it. Like, they say, Oh, mate, you're really funny, man. You are so funny, like sarcastically. And I'm thinking, Oh, that's not good. Uh, and then, so, and it was a tough time sort of at high school that my mum was crook and and, that, and other things so I just stopped being funny and then after oh, I don't know how long it was a little while uh, my mate, the same mates came back to me and said hey why aren't you being funny anymore and I said well because you guys said I wasn't they go oh no man you're hilarious we just said that so you wouldn't get a swelled head and I went oh man <laughs> so my point is that people are fickle and like one day they are praising Jesus as he enters um, into town riding on a colt and that's called Palm Sunday and they're putting palm leaves on the ground as he walks through the town and then the next week they're yelling crucify him so people are fickle and doubting people will lead to my next point doubting God Ooh, this is a big one doubting God doubting that he is real that he cares for us or that we can trust him with our lives, families, and careers. 
And my next scripture is Matthew 21, 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also you will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. So doubt says you can't, faith says you can. Everyone's really quiet. I hope that's a good sign. The spirit of faith is a spirit of adventure. Faith makes you think what's possible with God on your side. I know I keep quoting Mel, but our messages are just going together. This is awesome. You know, faith makes you think what's possible, you know, what we can do with God on our side. We're thinking, how can I, like someone like me, an ex-drug addict, alcoholic, whatever I was, uh, now I'm helping sign a contract for a million-dollar church building and I'm going overseas and talking to pastors and, you know, that's God. It has to be God doing it myself. And faith opens your heart so you can start imagining the best instead of fearing the worst. My next scripture is Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I, I have one more story today. I tried to calm down. I could go for it. One of the things they taught us in Bible college is if you're ever in doubt of what to say when you get up there, just share your testimony. And so this is my testimony. But I have one more story about the, uh, some of the books I've written today. Uh, when I was in, in my last year of Bible college, so it was my prac year, and it's, it's similar to being an airplane driver. What do you call that? Pilot. Yeah, airplane driver. Yeah, you know what I mean. Train driver. Yeah. And when, when you're saying to be a pilot, you have to do a certain amount of flight hours before they allow you to be a pilot. Well, it's similar to the ministry in Bible college. In your last year, you have to do a certain amount of hours to tick off to do your hours. So my prac- that's my, my last year in Bible college. was my prac year. And I used to play on the music team as well. At that time, I was thinking I was playing guitar maybe or singing or something. And as Matt and the team know that these guys get here the first thing in the morning. They're the first ones to get here, last ones to leave. And sometimes you have to, for a night service, you've got to go back. So you have a little rest. Like today, we're going to have a little rest, do the baptism, you know. And so we, I, we played in the morning. We had a, a guest speaker called Pastor Greg. Hi, Pastor Greg, if you're watching. And I went home and just had a rest, and I was just lying down. And I, I just felt the Holy Spirit was saying, I want you to start writing books. I thought, okay, cool. He said, I want you to write a book on the whole, about words of knowledge. And I go, okay. I, can, I was thinking, okay, I can do that. But I just put it on the shelf. I didn't really think too much. I was thinking, me write books? I don't know. It sounds like Homer Simpson. Me write books? I don't know. And <laughs> how's that going to happen? Uh, God, that's how it's going to happen. And the thing is, I went, then I went to church that night, and the, the visiting speaker was there again, Pastor Greg, and we had an altar call, and he, he, people came out for prayer, and I went out. Um, not sure what his message was about, to be honest, but I responded to his message, and he came up to me first, and he just said, he just um, looked at me, and he said, you're called to the ministry, aren't you? And I went, ah, oh, yeah, I'm in my last year of Bible college, actually. He said, you should start writing books. I went, oh, gives me goosebumps thinking about it now. He said, I said, God just, God told me that today. He said, will you write them? I'll help you get them published. And so from that time on, I had a relationship with Pastor Greg, and he mentored me as to how to start my ministry and to things. It was just it was God set it up all along the way. But um, yeah, Pastor Greg was 
Uh, yeah, a little bit of it. I, I tell Pastor Pete some of the stories a bit. Like when Pastor Greg rings you up as your editor, it's like getting a call from God. Like no matter where you are, if you're in Coles or whatever, you stand to attention. He's like, Paul, Greg. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you in front of your computer? I'm like, um, no, I'm in Coles. He goes, okay. He said, um, he said oh, I got your first book in the email. I said, all oh, right. He goes, do you want to know what I think of it, thought of it? I said, yeah. He said, it was rubbish. The whole thing was rubbish. I go, oh, really? I said, yes, I said, the whole thing was rubbish. He goes, yep, whole thing, rubbish. I go, oh. He goes, how quick can you write another three for me? I go, um, maybe three months. He said, well, come down to my place next week and I'll show you how to do it properly or something. So anyway, I'm not sure if you know, Pastor, I don't know if you know, Pastor Greg, if you have, say, two words wrong in a book, the whole book's rubbish. So that's how editors see things. So I guess they weren't so bad after all. But the main point of the thing was, when you're self-publishing, I'm getting to the point of my story, is when you're self-publishing, you have to pay for it yourself. I guess that's why I call it that. And, yeah. and I, when I lived in Brisbane, I used to go to a big church on a Friday night. So I kind of, similar to how I'm kind of busy here and doing media and stuff, I sometimes you know, I don't really see the message until I get home and I watch it from whatever we've recorded. And so similar in, in Brisbane, when I was working at the church, people would always say, oh, Paul, have you got a key or can you pray for me? Or Not that I don't like that, but it's just it's a, it's a big day. So it was good for me to, on a Friday night in Brisbane. I'd go surfing Friday morning, and Friday night I'd go to this big church and just you know, praise God and go home. And that, the next week, this thousands of dollars was due for the self-publishing, and I was worrying about it. I had a couple of thousand bucks for it, but that wasn't anywhere, enough, anywhere near enough. And I had my phone in my pocket, and the music team was playing. There was thousands of people. And the pastor kept coming up saying, whatever it is that you need, you just need faith. Faith is the answer. Faith is the answer. And I was just worrying about the books. And he was saying, faith is the answer. As he's saying it, every time I worried about my books, he would say, faith is the answer. And my phone had vibrated. It would go, like And it was weird. It happened, I don't know how many times, a few times. And I just, I'd worry about these, how I'm getting this money. And then you say, faith is the answer. Whatever it is, I'm going, oh, really? And my, fa- my phone would go, like that, and vibrate. And then finally I, I got out of the service and I, I called the person back and they said, listen, don't worry about the money for your books. It'll be in, in your bank account first thing tomorrow morning. Amen? So, yeah, God, you've got a hand. That's, that's awesome. That was a miracle, yeah. Okay, my next scripture is Mark chapter 9. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of a child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe you. Help my unbelief. So I'm not sure if anyone else has ever been there before, but you just say, oh, Lord, I believe you. Help my unbelief. You know, I mean, it's, we, we all, that's why it's called faith. If it was easy, anyone could do it. Yeah. So in putting God's word into your mind and spirit, morning and night will help direct our paths and prevent us from doubt. So it's one of the things uh, I actually learnt from um, Pastor Pete. I told him this week, I think it was, that um, he was roomies with someone. And I said, what was it like being a roomie with Pastor Pete? And he said, yeah, Pastor Peter gets up in the morning. And I said, how are you, Pastor Peter? And he said, I'm fantastic. And he gets his Bible out and reads it as soon as he's awake. And I thought, that sounds like a good start. If he does it, I can do that. So in in my, my humble opinion, you don't have to necessarily get out, you know, your big gold Bible, you know, with the ribbon, in the morning and, and see, now where was I up to last time I read and start from the beginning and read pages and that. It can be something like a, a Christian little magazine or a book 
or a, you know a, a, what a book like one of mine. I don't know. Or even uh, what do I have these days like a, a podcast. What's that? A oh, devotional. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, I need a, a side preacher to translate for me <laughs> today. Okay. Yeah, a, a devotional. Uh, they're good. Those little devotionals. I, I personally never even read one, but they must be good. Everyone reads them. Cool. And finally, my last point is um, doubting yourself. Um, I felt like that was a big one today too. That, and number three, doubting yourself. Children are born believers until you teach them to doubt. Hmm. So doubt produces sin. Or, sorry, doubt produced sin in the beginning. And with our choice to sin, or Adam and Eve's choice to sin, it stole our right to remain in paradise. And that's why I believe that all mankind, you know, like we still like have this memory of a time, you know, this utopia, like that's how the world's meant to be. I remember when I first got saved and, and I looked at a brochure and it had a picture of new heavens and new earth and it had the lion and the lamb lying down together and they weren't fighting. And I thought that's how the world's supposed to be, you know, not like, um, not that I'm against cities or anything like that, but I just thought that's how the world's supposed to be, you know, that people are just living in this utopia, u- utopian society and I believe um, it, it's going to come again one day. When Jesus comes back and we, have, we go to heaven and eventually we're going to have new heavens and new earth, so it's going to happen again. So it's going to be good. Amen. So don't let, don't let the enemy, the enemy I mean the devil, don't let the enemy throw doubt in your mind about who you are. Okay, I felt like that was a big one today. Don't allow the enemy to throw doubt in your mind about who you are. All it takes is God's hand on your life to turn a situation around and go back to a time and recapture that faith you were born with. Remember, all children are born believers until you teach them to doubt. Okay. We sink into fearful thoughts. Sorry. When we sink into fearful thoughts, we are producing a future that we are making with our own thoughts. So the Bible says in Proverbs 23.7, I believe it's my last scripture, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we perpetuate a problem in our mind first and our life tends to follow that direction of our greatest belief it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy so what you think it almost comes to pass i know i think there's a secular book um secular meaning non-christian book about i think it was called the answer or something like that and they they picked up on a biblical concept that you can actually speak things into existence and it's but it's not actually a godly thing so I tended to talk about the mind and worry more than I meant to today. It was about doubt. But anyway, we're going to go with what God gave me. I always feel like God, when I have a message, says, you know, trust in what I've given you, you know. Trust in your notes. Ever since years ago, I was in a public library and I used to just go there and type out, you know, one page of a message that I've never even used. And, um, and I think, oh, where am I up to? And I'd look and God said, trust in your notes. Anyway, so I'm trusting in my notes and what God's given me. Now, to help us to move from the ditch of worry to the land of hope, how good does that sound? Moving from the ditch of worry to the land of hope, the promised land, we need to address worry. So I've come up with a list of 20 words for worry. Oh, sorry, 
20 opposite words for worry. Yeah, that'd be better. <laughs> if I give you 20 words for worry, that's not going to help you. Okay, um, actually, just to, um, so to give you a heads up, can we just get the music team to come back? That's cool, and you can start playing uh, whenever you're ready. That'd be great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. So 20 opposite words to worry. Um, and they are relaxed, calm. If I look at you, it doesn't mean you, by the way. <laughs> Being unconcerned, unperturbed, at ease, breathe easy, feel less tense, less stiff, don't look at anybody, calmness, certainty, comfort, confidence, joy, sureness, trust, contentment, peace reassurance and hope so bringing hope finally we need to learn to trust again i know this is i've kept it light today but that was for a reason this is a little bit of a heavy message and I'm gonna, we're going to open up the altar for, for people to come forward for prayer uh for, for healing but also if, if you something spoke to you today in this message and finally we need to learn to trust again you know like like a a dog that went to a rescue home you know they've been through a lot but now they're free and ready for a new start. And as we learn to trust people, trust God, and even trust ourselves again. Amen. So just close your eyes if you don't mind, and I just want to pray. So yes, so which one of these points relates to your life today? Is it doubting people, whether it might have been your parents or brother, sister, whoever it was, cousins, doubting a teacher maybe, doubting people. Or the other point was doubting God. You know, did something come in and something you're believing for for God and it hasn't come to pass yet, you know. Or even the, uh, one of the worst ones, in my opinion, doubting yourself. You know, people said you can't draw, you can't sing, you can't dance, you, know, you can't, you can't be in the ministry, you're not perfect, you can't be a Christian, you can't be a leader. So doubting yourself. So Lord, I just pray for each one here today and those of you watching online that people will learn how to trust people again. They'll learn how to trust God again and have faith and say, Lord, I believe you, help my unbelief. And finally, learn to trust themselves again too. Thank you.